Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Funny, Kelly, that you and I were talking this morning, and you were telling me what you've been going through. And I think the Lord had already ministered to you by your own singing. How, how many of you know that no matter what you go through, or how bad it seems, Jesus said, if you lean on me, not your education, not your friends, but if you lean on me, Kelly said, I won't let you fall. You may stumble, but I won't let you fall if you lean. So your, answer, your prayer has already been answered, Kelly. So you can go on tomorrow and go to work. And no matter how bad it seems, just lean. Come on. Some of y'all remember back in the day how you used to go to the nightclub and you do that leaning thing. Come on now. I don't want you to lean on some DJ. I want you to lean on Jesus when things get real bad. Because if you lean on him, you will make it. Amen? You will go through it. So we thank God for answering prayers so quickly. I was sitting there and, and just listening to her sing. I said, you know, God has already answered her prayers. Y'all don't know what she's been going through. So we give honor to God, who is the head of my life. See, sometimes preachers say that. They don't understand what that means when you say we give honor to God. God could have used somebody else to proclaim his word. I'm always reminded there are people who are better qualified than me. And if God chooses to use me, it is certainly not because of my 5'10 height. 
Y'all missed that. And so I'm reminded of James chapter 4 verse 10 that says, Humble yourself, Reverend Bell, at his feet. Understand that it is a privilege, not a right. Nobody is qualified for this task. It took a whole lot to get from Monday to Sunday to be in a position to proclaim the word. So I need you to pray for me. Because you didn't come to see me. You come because you need to hear a word from the Lord. And I certainly thank God for our pastor who is constantly praying for all of us and checking in and for giving me the privilege as well to stand behind this sacred desk. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for just you, for being God all by yourself. Despite what's going on in the world, I yet confess that there is none like you. You are God. And I am honored, God, that you are using this broken vessel to proclaim a mighty word that will change lives and edify souls. So, God, I pray that you will hide me behind your cross, that you will saturate my mind with your word, that I will be able to proclaim it with conviction and with authenticity, that in the end that someone will hear and be saved. Have your way, God, and let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is certainly an honor to see all of you. I get excited about Sunday morning, particularly during the season. Do you know that today is National Back to Church Sunday? We are trying to get as many people to come and see one another. The text has already been read. And the sermon title is, I am sticking with Jesus. I am sticking with Jesus. A young woman named Anne Steele encountered one trial and disappointment after another. Her mother died when she was three years old. And when she was 19, she suffered a severe hip injury that left her paralyzed. Eventually, she fell in love and was engaged to be married. But the day before the wedding, her fiancé drowned. Later on, Anne was still able to write these words. Father, whatever of earthly bliss your sovereign will denies, Accepted at your throne of grace, let this petition rise. Give me a calm, thankful heart from every murmur free. The blessing of your grace impart and make me live for you. I chose this illustration because it epitomizes what is happening 
in Psalm 22. Psalm 22 is a prayer of complaint that perhaps more than any other psalm serve as a bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I don't have to say too much about it because most classes or most students here have already studied Psalm 22. We are doing a series on the psalm. The gospel alludes or cites this psalm more than five times in connection with the crucifixion of Jesus. The psalm has two main parts. The prayer for help, verse 1 to 21, and a song of praise from verse 21b to 31. And it is from this psalm, I try to pick a different text. The Lord kept saying to me, this is where I want you to preach from. And I didn't get it until the Lord sat me down and began to speak to me, Sister Kelly. And the first thing I see in this psalm is a shocking complaint. A shocking complaint. The psalm opens up with the psalmist David saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At times, we can all feel forsaken by God, even though we have faith. I can understand why a person who prayed earnestly for a sick child or a spouse, but the person still dies living behind a pile of unpaid bills, can feel forsaken. Many, many women who have been kidnapped and forced into the sex slave trade are feeling forsaken. I have a friend who has been in prison for more than 30 years for a crime he did not do. And for the most part, in the last 20 years, his letters have been very encouraging, very uplifting. I look forward to reading his letters because I always thought that I was encouraging him. But it turned out that he was encouraging me. He led a Bible study in prison. But one day, I received a letter from him. And he wrote, he said, I've had covid twice already. I've been struggling with some health issues. I went to court three times and even the judge said that what the people have against me does not hold up. But I'm still in prison. My mother has died while I'm in prison. I have two kids, and one of my daughters refused to even acknowledge that I exist. And he said, finally, my friend, I feel forsaken by God. And all I could do is say, I'm praying for you, because I understood where he's coming from. A couple of weeks ago, 
I read that a mother in Chicago had a 12-year-old son in the back of her car, went to get some groceries, and on the way back from shopping for groceries, she, was, she went to get some gas. She had two kids, one in the front, one in the back. The 12-year-old was in the back. And she heard what sounded like firecrackers, pop, 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 pop. She thought nothing of it. Pull in the gas station, only to find that her son in the backseat was shot. And by the time she made it to the hospital, they tended to him. The child was dead. She said, feel forsaken. So I can understand the words of the psalmist in Psalm 22 when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, I know what some of you spiritual giants are thinking this morning. You probably are thinking, well, we have to take the good with the bad. Some of you may even be saying, well, Trials come to make us stronger. Others may be saying faith is trusting God in difficult circumstances. Pumping out your chest because you're a spiritual giant. These cliches sound good. But when it's your child in that coffin, when it's your daughter who is kidnapped, or your son that is wrongfully imprisoned. When it is your child, Kelly, that is depressed and talking about suicide. When you lose your job. When your home has been foreclosed, your car repossessed, and you find out that you have stage four cancer in the same month, then you tell me, why the psalmist should not say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can I tell you, good Christian folks, something? Having faith in God does not mean that you don't struggle with fear and doubt. Can I get real this morning? I'm tired of Christian folks acting as if I ought to always walk as if I'm on a halo or walking on air. That's not real. And depending on your circumstances, those fear and doubts can make you feel forsaken. They can mess with your praise and hinder your worship. Just in case you don't remember, because you may think that I am speaking blasphemy in the pulpit, and as Pastor Preston to fire me. Can I bring you to Matthew chapter 27 verse 46 where Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This psalm, scholars say, predicts the suffering of Jesus. It predicts what Jesus was going to go through at Calvary. So, so, so don't look down on your brother or sister who in the midst of their burden and their trial, they say, I feel forsaken. 
When Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was carrying the sins of humanity and the father had to move away from him because God does not mix with sin. On the cross, one scholar said, a holy transaction took place. God the father regarded God the son as if he were a sinner. And so the Apostle Paul later on in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we may have the righteousness of God in him. To be forsaken means to have the light of God's countenance and the sense of his presence eclipse, which is what happened to Jesus as he bore the wrath of God against sin for us. When we feel as if God has forsaken us, it does not mean that we don't have faith in God. It does not mean that we don't know God. It simply means that the weight of our burdens or the depth of our sorrow has eclipsed his presence in our souls. In other words, God is still there, but you simply cannot feel him. You cannot sense him because there is a shadow that has eclipsed his presence in your soul. And the psalmist goes on to say, why are you so far from saving me? David knew what it was like to be in the presence of God. This is a man who killed a giant as a teenager with simply one stone. They used to sing Saul killed his thousand, David is 10,000. That's a man who knew what it was like walking in the presence of God. See, when you have a relationship with God, when you know God for yourself, remember how the psalmist started the psalm, my God, my God, you kind of sense and know when there is something that is not connecting. David says, why are you so far from saving me? If there is one question I have about these two verses, is why, David, do you feel forsaken? Why do you feel that God is so far from saving you when the word of God says in Psalm 34 verse 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. One reason why we may feel that God has forsaken us and is far from saving us is when we are doing what God does not want us to do. Watch this now. Remember this friend I told you about, Max? Max was a good-looking black man. He was a magnet to the women. I mean, they see him coming a mile away. And I used to tell Max all the times, Max, watch yourself. Because one of those days, you're going to get in trouble. And he's answered to me, yeah, come on, Rev. It's always going to be all right. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be all right. I work with Max. And every time I turn around, I had some woman come and tell me looking for Max. 
One day I said, Max, how many girlfriends do you have? But you know what happened? Max never listened. And one day, Max had a woman that he broke up with after a major incident. And the woman got him in the biggest trouble of his life. And now he's looking at 70 years in prison. Max never listened. So David, why do you feel forsaken? I don't know. But the complaint is shocking. The second thing I see in this verse is a confession of trust. Despite the shocking complaint of the psalmist, he is someone with a relationship with God who yet still trusts in God. He begins the, prayer, the psalm by saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In other words, there is an anticipation or expectation that God, because of relationship, God should have come to his rescue. You see, the difference between the believer and the non-believer is that the believer may feel persecuted, but the believer believes that God will not forsake him. It's a belief. You have the confidence and trust in God. You may feel struck down, but you know that God, at any minute, is in the position to come to your rescue. In other words, when you look at verse 19 to 23, David is saying, I may be down, but I'm not out because I still trust in you. David said, there are dogs, there are lions. That really symbolizes the strength of my enemies, but I still trust in you. I, I can feel your presence. I can feel your arms. I can see your deliverance, but I still trust in you. When, when it seems like the whole world is against you, and everything that can go wrong is going wrong. Don't forget, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And if God can bring you to some of the things that he brought you through in the past, you best believe that God will not forsake you in the present. You, you, you may have lost the job. A cancer may be at stage four. Can I tell you, you're still not out yet. You should still trust the Lord. The psalmist ushers two confessions of trust in God. The first one in verse four, he says, In you our ancestors trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. That's called a corporate confession of trust. In other words, if I were to take this and put it in our own context, if you can bring my people from the shores of Africa to the slave trade 
and put them in the White House, I will trust you. Can I get an amen? Sometimes as a people, we forget what God has done for us and how God has brought us through. David said, I will trust you despite my circumstance. The great prophet Habakkuk said, there is no fruits in the trees. The barn with the animal, the stall is empty. But I will yet praise you. Sometimes you just got to give yourself the confidence that you don't know when God is coming. But you know at any minute, at any minute God is going to come through. Because he's always on time. Corporate confession of trust. And you know how that applies to you, Sister Billy. Look around and see yeah, a lot of folks have been through a lot of stuff. Deacon Gino. And God delivered them. And all you got to do, if you can bless so-and-so at President Grove Church, you can bless me too. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold that. And then the second part of that is, it's that personal confession of trust. Nothing like your own testimony. Nothing like remembering how God gives you that job in the past. Nothing like remembering how the mortgage was paid when you had no money in the bank. Nothing like when your heart was broken, how God put it back together again. Nothing like remembering what God has done for you. If you cannot stand on somebody else's testimony, you can always stand on your own testimony because God has been good to you. David said, I, I remember how you delivered me from the lions. I remember how you delivered me from the bears. In fact, he penned on Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Listen, don't, don't, be, don't be indifferent to God because you are going through some stuff. It's okay to say, I feel forsaken. But after you get to saying, I feel forsaken, remember what God has done for you. Don't forget that he has brought you to where you are today. Don't forget he's still worthy of all the praises. Don't forget you're going to need God to bring you through tomorrow and yet worship him in spirit and in truth. David said, I, I yet trust in you. I feel my help here right now. I've been going through some stuff. And sometimes there is no answer. You can call the pastor all you want. You can call your best friend all you want. There is no answer. All you got to do is look around and say, God, can't figure it out, but I, I yet trust in you. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, Sister Connie, but I, I still trust in you. You remember what, what when Jesus was preaching and he was telling them that they had to eat his, his flesh and drink his blood. And the disciples, you know, many of them left. And he turned around to the 12. He said, you're not leaving too? They said, where are we going to go? You all we have. Sometimes you got to let God know, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with Jesus. I know things don't look good. But I'm, I'm sticking with Jesus. Where am I going to go? David said, I'm trusting in you. I've got some ups and some down, but I'm trusting in you. I've got some enemies. I've got some burdens, but I am trusting in you. Lions are after me. Dogs are after me. Cancer is after me. Poverty is after me, but I'm trusting in you. And then David transitioned to what I call 
a plea of deliverance. Listen to what David says. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. My precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the lions and save me from the horns of the wild oxen. This is what I call Monday morning blues. You know what that is? After a soul-searing worship experience on Sunday, you don't heard Kelly said, Jesus said, lean on me. <laughs> you excited. You on fire. And you went home, still have a little bit of that fire burning. But you wake up on Monday morning, and you realize that the pile of bills is still on the table. And you still have to go to chemotherapy this week. But the foreclosure notice is still unchanged. Or your spouse is still moving out. Or your child is still talking about suicide. And with all the faith that you can muster on the inside, you cry out to God, Lord, I need you right now. Not tomorrow. I need you right now. I heard what you said from the preacher yesterday, but this is Monday morning. I need you. How many of you have been there? I need you right now. Come quickly and help me. Oh, I'm going to lose my mind. Rescue me from my hardships and save me from my trials. I can make it another day without your help. I'm just trying to make it through the week so I can get to another Sunday. And sometimes I, I always remind y'all, be careful how you treat people on Sunday morning because you don't know how much it took for that person to make it to church on Sunday morning. You don't know what demon they had to fight, what enemy they are facing, what trials they had to go through. If you can't do nothing else, just smile. Just smile. You don't even have to engage them in a conversation if you're not going to say something positive and uplifting. Just smile. David said, I need your deliverance right now. But what I like about David is, watch this now. In the midst of asking God for deliverance, David said, I am going to praise you. He did not say, after you did it. He did not say, if you do it. David said in verse 22, I will declare your name to my people in the assembly. I will praise you. In other words, what David is saying is, I don't know what tomorrow holds, and I don't know if and when my burden is going to be fixed or my enemies are going to be dealt with, but I'm sticking with 
you. It does not look good and it does not even feel good, but I am sticking with you. I, 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 am, I, am, I am of the mindset, Lord, that at some point it will always be fixed. But for right now, I'm still going to go to the church house and the assembly of believers. That's what the church house is. And I am going to praise your name. There is something about praising God or making a deposit of praise to God in the midst of your burden. Can I get a witness here? You see, it's easy, Brother Sammy, to come here when all your bills are paid and you even have some money saved over for overflow. It's easy when you have job security. It's easy when the doctor, you went to the doctor for, for a physical and the doctor said, you are in great health. Keep doing what you're doing right now. And you're walking out with your chest up, feeling good about yourself because you, your cholesterol level is good. Your, your blood pressure is good. Everything is good. And you walk out feeling good about yourself. And you can wait to call sister so-and-so on the phone and say, God is good. I just went from the doctor and the doctor gave me a good report. But I dare you to praise God when the doctor said the chemo is not working. I dare you to praise God when the supervisor said we got to let you go. I dare you to praise God when there is problem in your house. Your marriage is in trouble. David said, I am sticking with you. I'm going to go to the church house, Kelly. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm going to praise God because I trust in you. And let me put it in my context. When I think about what God has done for me and God has delivered me, whenever I get into some type of a fix, I just have to remind myself, I got to stick with Jesus. The reason why I call this, I named this term and I'm sticking with you is because if you like anybody else, storm clouds will rise and strong winds will blow. If you live long enough, you will sit in the front pew watching the coffin of your loved one. If you live long enough, your money will get funny. If you live long enough, your children will act crazy. But can I tell you something? If you lean on Jesus, if you stick with Jesus, he will bring you through. He will give you strength. He will give you hope. He'll give you a testimony. Then you can come to the church house and praise God for all he's done for you. So I don't know about you, Reverend Jones. I'm sticking with Jesus. I don't know about you, what you've been through, but I am sticking with Jesus. And my word is on Christ, the solid rock. I stand, not the job, not the supervisor. Not my wife, not the church, not the boss, not the money, not the doctor, but on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. And all, all, all of the rock are sinking sand. I'm sticking with Jesus. Give your neighbor a high five and say, I'm sticking with Jesus.
Thank you, David. Sometimes, Reverend Bell, it's hard to come to church and find your praise voice. Sometimes you get beat up all week long and you try to figure out how do I look when I come to church. I don't want folks to think that I don't love the Lord. I don't want folks to think that something's wrong with me. But can I tell you, you just make up your mind and walk in here as if you know that God is God and nothing can shake you. Just stick with Jesus. David said, I will praise you. I will praise you. I, I, don't, I don't care what I'm going through. I will praise you. And what I love about this is it started out by saying my complaints and why you forsaken me. And then he started having church. I wish there would be two or three people in here say, I don't know what kind of trouble I have. I don't know what I'm going to deal with. But right now, let me give God just an offering of praise. Because God is good. I'm sticking with Jesus. And let me close with these words. With these words, the Lord laid, his, laid me to uh, find these this lyrics. And I thought about this sermon. The writer said, in Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. I want you to understand and hear those words. This cornerstone. This solid ground, firm to the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving ceased. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ, I stand. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns, or calls me home here in the power of Christ I stand. In other words, I'm sticking with Jesus. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. 
I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.